Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. I'm going to start off with some scripture reading. I don't normally read scripture, but this is where God had me, and I think we need to set the pace to know where we're going for the rest of the class. Okay. Thanks for being here this morning, by the way. I appreciate it. And all of you that are tuning in later, um, the anointing that the Holy Spirit wants you to have is going to come right through the recording, and so it's just as if you're sitting right here with us this morning. I'm reading from the chapter of Acts, and uh, the third chapter... Starting with verse 1. Nope, I'm going to jump down to verse 11. While he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people together came running toward them in a place called Solomon's Portico. But when Peter saw, he responded to the people. Now, what's happened here is that you have a man who is lame, and they used to carry him in the mornings outside the temple. Because we have learned that Stebka and the offerings, good morning, welcome. Uh, Stebka and the offerings are acts of charity, but they're called Stebka. And so he was there, and all of a sudden he realized that um, Peter was coming past. And that's when he thought, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is my chance to grab a hold and get my healing. So this is what Peter says back. Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at this? As if by our own power or godliness, we have made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Yeshua, the one you handed over and and, uh, disowned before Pilate, though he had had been dedicated to be released, you chose another one. You murdered the righteous one. You killed the author of life, the one God raised from the dead. We are all witnesses of it. Now through faith in the name of Yeshua, his name has strengthened this man whom you see and know. Indeed, the faith through Yeshua has given this man perfect health in front of all of you. Okay, so here is a miracle. Peter's just going about his life. He might have seen that man... Uh, sitting at the entrance of the synagogue before, but probably didn't pay much attention to him. So what happened between the time when he was just living his life and when all of a sudden he had the power to speak to someone and say, I don't have any money to give you, but what I do have, I will give you in the name of Jesus and by his blood. What happened? Well, for those of you that walked in just a smidgen after starting time, I'm, I'm sharing this with you because this is kind of what God has been dealing with me. I know there are miracles. I mean, when Pastor and, and Tiz were in Portland, we saw miracles. We saw, I mean, like lots of them. And the church exploded in growth because everybody knew, number one, if you needed somebody saved, get them to new beginnings because the Spirit of God was there. Yes, Pastor Larry is a magnificent preacher. Yes, they're both anointed. But the Spirit of God was in that place, and people would walk in and would get saved. The Spirit of healing was in that place. People would walk in, and during worship, they would get healed. So what's the difference now? Well, God pointed the finger back at me. 
Now, I'm not taking credit for the whole thing not working, but I wanted to share with you because you guys are leaders. You're the ones that, that have the, the dedication, that have the commitment to say, okay, I'm going to do my part. You see, back then, there were enough people in the sanctuary who were cleaned up, prayed up, and kept their mouths speaking nice words so that when pastor's anointing came out, it was multiplied. Remember how Pastor Larry has taught us that I have a flame inside of me, and when I get next to my sister who has a flame inside of her, both of those flames are, are enriched? That's what Pastor Larry and Tiz need in the congregation in order for the move of God to happen here in this house the same way that it's happening in other houses. Now, I don't know how many of you pay attention to other ministries, but there are some ministries where sparks are beginning to happen. There are some ministries also which are beginning to go to the left, just using the political term. They, um, I'm sure in their hearts, feel like they're doing something that's user-friendly. I'm sure in, in their minds they're doing what's correct, but that's the problem. It's their heart and their mind. What does the Bible say about our hearts? They're wicked. Yeah. It's like, holy cow. And yet we're in a society here in the United States where everybody's like, what's in your heart? It's just a heart issue. What do you feel? What do you think? Well, the Jewish nation was successful because they left their feelings aside and they left their thinking aside and they said, what does God say? So that's where God was telling me. That's where we need to get back. Now, we know that our words have power. We teach that all the time. That's still, however, every once in a while it falls out of my mouth. My biggest problem is when I hear somebody being negative because I want to just go, stop! <laughs> so I have to calm myself and then just cancel the words after I've walked away. But we've heard some other teaching from Dr. Caroline Leaf about our thinking. And that if we think negative thoughts, rehearse things that we should have said, could have said, but didn't say, that that creates a chemistry in our mind that goes into our body. We, we know that. She's a scientist, for crying out loud. And she did all the research, and suddenly there is equipment now that is delicate enough to be able to capture what's going on in the brain. So she's the first one that really talked about our thoughts. So I was saying, okay, Lord, I pretty much got a guard on my mouth. And he said, what about your thought life? Like, wait a minute, where in the Bible does it talk about my thought life? <laughs> where in the Bible does it say anything about that? And it's like, wait a second, wait a second. Sometimes some general terms in the Bible apply to things that we had never connected before. So this morning, we're going to talk about our thought life. What do you think was going on when Peter was coming to synagogue after he had seen Jesus crucified and then resurrected from the dead? Don't you suppose he was just full of, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Don't you think every morning he woke up trying to get in touch with somebody to say, we thought he was the Messiah and then he was killed and we thought he wasn't, but he was raised from the dead. I saw him with my own eyes. I ate with him. He's alive. He is the Messiah. Don't you think that that was just burning inside of him? The only way I can liken it is a young woman who gets engaged. I mean, suddenly when that ring is on her finger, she starts talking with her hands up by her face. And, oh, darling, oh, darling, with her hand out in front because she's excited. And her whole demeanor changes because she's got a ring that she wants to show. Or when a married couple first discovers that they're going to have a baby. And suddenly, mama's putting her hand on her tummy and you may have noticed somebody getting bigger or smaller, but you don't say anything because you never know when somebody's just gained a couple pounds, and so you don't want to be that person. But all of a sudden, you see that she's touching her tummy, and he's touching her tummy. It's like, oh, my gosh, 
They're so excited, and they may not have announced it to the world yet, but everything inside of them is burning. They're like, we're going to have a baby. I think that's what was going on with Peter. I think he was just so full of the good news that he just couldn't help but be enthusiastic, be excited, and I'm sure his thought life was continuously, how can I tell people? What can I say? The, the people on the street, what can I share with them? Those in the synagogue who were kind of saying that, you know, Jesus was a little bit wacky. How can I explain to them that I really saw him alive, that I really ate with him? So that his thought life was always lined up with the word of God. Now, we're in a society where we have to be very careful at the present time about what we say and what we don't say. I realize that even when I look at pictures before we do any social media posting, I check and make sure, is there anything here that could be misinterpreted? I mean, who would have ever thought that we couldn't put rainbows on kid city things? <laughs> so there's a lot of things that we need to watch. But God's word has also told us to be wise and careful So we need to be mindful of the time that we're living in and how we can explain to other people. Pastor Wanderson has just finished up teaching on Wednesday nights about evangelism. And one of the gentlemen that he brought in, um, his name is Chris, and I apologize, I don't remember the last name, but uh, uh, Pastor Wanderson and Chris went to Christ for the Nations together. And Chris was not a believer until later on in life. So when he found salvation... He just couldn't keep his mouth shut. I mean, to him, it was just the best thing since sliced bread, and he wanted to tell everybody. And he became an evangelist. Well, he was speaking on a Zoom call on his cell phone because he lives in Florida. And if you remember anything about last weather, the weather last week in Florida, there was a lot going on. And he could not get out because he was due to be at a crusade this weekend. And so some, he was in a car, someone was driving him, and he was in the back seat with his cell phone talking to us on a Zoom call here at New Beginnings on Wednesday night about evangelism. And the one thing that he shared that I thought is really, really good, and that's, I think, how we can kind of keep our mind in shape. Because if you ever think about evangelizing or spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, it's always like, ah, uh, what do I say? He said, ask a question. So when you see somebody, it's like, yeah, yeah, what, what do you know about Jesus Christ? What do you know? And you're going to find out whether they're a non-believer, a partial believer, a misguided believer. <laughs> but you're going to hear. And then you can always just respond with, this is me. This is not what Chris said. You can always respond with, that's interesting. I'd never considered that. But can I share with you what, what Jesus did in my life? I mean, I'm not going to talk about Bible. I'm not going to talk about history. I'm not going to talk about Jewish people or the land of Israel, at least not in my first conversation. But I am going to talk about what God did for me in my life. And don't you know that God is going to connect you with people who need the same miracle in your life, I mean, in their life, that you've had in your life? Now, because God healed me of cancer, and I can prove that because I didn't do anything medical that they recommended when the doctor said, you'll die if you don't do a la 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 And I knew in my knower that that was not the right way for me to go. And so I went to my prayer closet and said, show me, show me the way, Lord. And he showed me a way. So I know that I followed God's plan, and God did his part, I did my part, and I had a healing. Now, I don't talk to them immediately about, you know, don't, don't do chemo, don't do radiation. You know, that's not my story. That's not my story. My story is, let me tell you what God did, that I prayed and he told me what to do. And if you pray, he'll tell you what to do. 
We're the hope people. (laughs) We need to be the ones that are walking through the crowd with hope. And as I was listening to Chris talk about, you know, how you share and what you do, um, it struck me that one of the things, and Don and I laughed about it this week, when I'm going through a store, if I see something on the floor, you know, a garment that has come off of a hanger, I pick it up. And Don goes, okay, is that just because you're, you know, obsessive compulsive? And I said, no, in all honesty, it's because... God kind of quickened me a number of years ago that I need to be the one that picks it up and hangs it up. I said, it's, it's, a, it's a mitzvah. It's, it's something that I do so that I get credit in heaven. And I turned in and said, and Lord knows I need credit in heaven. <laughs> so you will see me pushing my cart back. You will see me picking things up off the floor. I've been known to pull weeds as I'm headed into an office someplace. If I see a weed spotted that just happened to pop up. Not because I'm obsessive compulsive. Don't talk to my staff. But... Because I believe that all of us have a responsibility to repair a broken world. And things on the floor is a broken world. (laughs) Weeds are a broken world. We need to do what we can to make sure that we're spreading the good news. I try to smile at people. Now, during COVID, a lot of folks can't see a smile. And a lot of people have learned to not have eye contact. I found that very, very interesting because most of the time I didn't wear a mask unless I had to. And there were even stores that I left. I said, no, I'm I'm not going to wear a mask. Thank you. And would leave. But people have stopped looking at each other and smiling. So for someone who's very timid or doesn't know how to start a conversation, for you, all you have to do is look at somebody and just say, good morning. And don't you know, and I'm sure everybody in this room has already realized this, when you say, God bless you, for another believer that has a spark inside of them, their head comes up and they go, thank you, and God bless you too. And then it's like, yep, ding. We, we did something. Now, the world is sensitive. If I'm in the grocery store and I say to the lady behind me, you know, here, let me get my groceries up here and put that bar down so you can get your groceries. And so she puts her groceries in and I turn around and I say, God bless you. And she goes, oh, well, thank you, God bless you too. There's been an energy started there. And that energy is felt by the person behind the person behind me and felt by the person in front of me and felt by the checker. We never know, we never know what little tiny pieces might bring the gospel to somebody. Now, we are in a season, because it used to be someone planted a seed and then there was watering, 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 and reaping. But we are in a season where it's almost like plant a seed and reap a harvest, not just in salvations, but in a number of issues. So my, my challenge, my sharing with you is, let's watch what we're thinking. I literally have to say out, out loud, I distinctly remembering to forget that. So it's out of my mind. And then I speak out loud what I want to think on. Because when my mouth is speaking out loud, then my brain has to follow. And when our mouth speaks out loud and our brain follows, then our emotions follow. If we pay attention to our emotions, then it's going to stop our brain and it's going to stop our mouth. (laughs) So our first checking point is what's coming out of my mouth, what's coming around in in, in between my ears, and then what emotion do I need to get back in line? God gave us emotions as a gift. It's a wonderful gift, but every gift has two sides. So if you know that you're somebody who makes decisions based on emotions, then give your emotions to God. Ask him to sanctify your emotions. Ask him to teach you how to use those emotions for his honor and his glory. Or you may be somebody who's a great thinker. You have a great mind. Every time you read something, every time you you hear something, you know where to put it inside your brain. 
And so all of a sudden, that becomes kind of the platform that you come from. So if you know that you're a great thinker, then sanctify your mind to God. Say, Father, you have given me a good brain. I can remember things. I can, I can connect things. I thank you for that gift and that talent, and I give that to you. Let me use it for your honor and your glory. Because who knows that your brain wasn't created to remember something to go back to. Now, you know my husband, honey. Good grief. He, he talks to everybody. And um, he just loves on everybody. So we were at uh, the, the department store yesterday, and he saw a, a guy behind the counter, and he said, now, go ahead, I need to talk to him. I said, you know him? He said, well, no, I talked to him last time we were in the store. And my mind is thinking, you talked to him last time you were in the store. What? What? We've got a dog at home. I've got all kinds of things to do, and that's when I have to say to my mind, stop, stop, stop. Thank you, Lord, that you have given me a husband that enjoys people. Thank you, Heavenly Father. That I, and I keep, just keep praying, and I walk away, and I look at things, and I smile, because I'm not going to let my attitude stop what God is doing between Don and that guy. So Don has a conversation. We leave. I said, so what did he say? He said, well, nothing, but we've kind of you know, moved it forward. The conversation that Don was having with him after there was one acceptance on just a beginning level, then Don kind of dropped another question, and the guy received that. So Don is kind of moving gently, piece by piece. I mean, how many of you think about saving the clerk in the store where you're buying something? I don't, but Honey does. And so Honey's mind is really, really good. He's good with numbers, but he's also really good to say, okay, that guy's interested. I can tell he's interested. In my spirit, I know I sense that he's interested. I'm going to ask a question just to make sure. I'm going to make sure that what I'm thinking and feeling about doing is truly in line with God's word. So he says something that's kind of benign. You know, if Don's off base, it won't cause any damage. And then when the guy responds, it's like, I was right, okay. So today, when you leave this class and you start walking in the sanctuary, pray and ask God, Father, who do you want me to speak to? Who do you want me to look at and smile and just say, I'm glad you're here today. I don't often get to talk to you, but I, I've seen you before, and I'm just really glad you're here today. Make a bridge so that someone has a safety net when they come into the church. Now, today, Pastor Tiz is preaching. It is our um, hand washing, but she's going to be preaching on miracles by the moment because their book is out now. And she's going to be talking about the family and the circumstances that have happened around the family and how they had to stand strong you know, the very day that Pastor and Tiz came in to film for Larry, the Larry Heck Ministries program, we had already scheduled Pastor Tiz to read all of those uh, healing statements that we're making available. And that was already in place before she ever got the phone call that there was something else going on inside of her body that they wanted to check out. Now, she got the phone call. As you can imagine, all of us are just like, no. We prayed. She walked into the recording room. She shook it off. If you ever notice, she stands with her feet apart. I mean, she's ready for battle. She put her feet apart, stood in front of that microphone, and started reading through those 101 declarations of healing and health. And just the sound of her voice, the, the thought that she was speaking it, the thought that she was once again standing on it, she came out of there and she goes, we're all good, we're all good. Now the rest of us are a little bit like, oh. it's like, no, 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 we're all good. And then she started ministering to us. We're all good, we're all good, we're all good. So I don't know if she's going to go into depth about 
that story today, but I wanted to share that with you because that's what we need to do as well. I don't know when your car might get bumped, when you might get a bad report, when a check gets cashed sooner than you thought it was, when a commission doesn't come through. I don't know those things, and we really can't control them. However, we can totally control how we respond. And what if Peter, when he was bringing that healing to that man, had been worried about being late to synagogue? Why is this guy after me? I'm late for synagogue. I've got to get in there. What if that had been his mindset? But he's seen Jesus heal people. He'd been with Jesus when people were just desperate, and they got healed. So Peter knew that power. So he didn't have to stop and shonda Labippi real fast. All he had to do was just, I can't give you any money. I know that's what you're looking for. I can't give you money, but what I do have, I can give you. Bam. And he was healed. I believe that there's going to be a move of God in this house like we've never seen before. Not because we're special, although we are, but because God so desperately wants his children whole, healed, saved, and he wants souls So maybe the only reason we haven't, and please don't hear me guilting anybody, maybe the only reason we haven't grown is because so many of us are still in the congregation, feed me, feed me, feed me, rather than stepping up. Now, Mitch and Laura, we asked them to host this class, and from here they went to doing other things, and they have stepped in, Mitch has taught, they have, have been around to help us, and it's like always because they said, okay, we'll do that, yes, we'll do that, and suddenly more and more anointing is on both of them, more and more blessings are on both of them, because they said yes, and because they stepped in to serve. So I don't know what gifts, and I'm looking around, a lot of you also serve and minister, but see where it is that you can step in to say, okay, I'm claiming this little territory right here. I'm going to step in the middle of this. And just the power that Peter had when people were saved, I'm going to claim that power in my life, Heavenly Father. I give you my brain. Let me think only on things that you want me to think. I put a guard on my eyes. I used to be able to watch commercials, Heavenly Father, but now I can't watch commercials because of what's shown. I have to be very careful when I'm even on my Facebook because ads pop up that I need to delete. Thank you, Father, that you are giving me wisdom for my eyes, giving me wisdom for my ears. I don't listen to music any longer that has, has words and, and implications that are not good for my spirit. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are planting my feet on high ground. Give me my territory. It's not a mountain, Lord, but right now it's my territory. I'm standing right here on this row in this church, and I'm praying for people to come in. I'm going to keep track of those that are on my right and on my left, in front of me and behind me. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to see if they need anything. And thank you, Father, that you've given me the privilege, the privilege, the privilege of carrying your Holy Spirit inside of me so that I can share with those around me. Thank you, Father. Now, I didn't mean for that to take off and be a prayer, but as I looked up, it just kind of hit me. And it's like, okay, this is what we need to do. And when you've had a bummer of a week and you come into Sunday service, then soak it in because there's going to be a sister or brother on the other side of you that's prepared to share the good news, prepared to join with your flame and get it bigger so that someday when Pastor Larry gets up to preach... The anointing in the sanctuary is going to be so strong that it will pull the anointing out of him and it will start this whirlwind that takes us all to a higher level. Now, you say, that sounds really good, Nancy, but I'm not sure how that works. Well, let me tell you how it works. 
when I first came to New Beginnings, um, Pastor Tiz was having a women's conference, and she asked me to come and speak. And I'd been doing women's conferences and lunches and retreats for a long time. As soon as God healed me of cancer, then a lot of people wanted me to come and talk about it. Because back then, that many years ago, it was kind of an oddity. If you didn't do the medical, people kind of, how did you get get, get healed? How did that work? So I came to speak. Um, When I got up, I mean, I always have, you know, an opening and an ending. Anybody who's a public speaker knows, have your opening and have your ending. And then in the middle, whatever they're responding to, sit there for a while and delete the things that don't work. But have your opening and have your ending. So I started my opening, and all of a sudden, I felt the power of God come through me. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Now, I liked his preach with my feet apart. So it didn't knock me over. But I certainly knew this is a strange group, Heavenly Father. I don't know who these people are. The women pulled the anointing out of me. I didn't even know everything that I had said until I listened to the tape later. That's when I realized a well-trained, Bible-believing, tongue-talking, spirit-filled audience can pull an anointing out of anybody. If they can pull it out of me, they can pull it out of anybody. So I've been waiting for that to happen again. And maybe that's why God led me to that scripture. Maybe that's why he had me read about the healing, to say it's time. It's time to talk to the leaders. It's time to talk to those who have my spirit inside of them and let them realize that they have a job to do, a privileged job. Did you, I mean, maybe you don't have the same testimony I do, but did you ever think that God could use you in the last days to realize that I'm forgiven All the things that I did before, that was some other woman. And now I can stand and go, hallelujah, I am forgiven. I am a daughter of the king. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. And I can do all things through Christ. Amen. So if Satan's trying to yana nana at you and say, you know, but you did this, shove it away. And just remind him, I'm forgiven. Blood bought. There's a line in the sand. I'm not that person anymore. And then renew your thinking. Watch your words. Get control of your emotions. And then look for opportunities where you can bless everyone around you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for everyone who's here this morning and for those, Father, that will be calling in later to listen to the podcast. Lord, we thank you, first of all, that you made a way for us to be in relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus, for the horrendous price that you paid in order for us to have relationship with our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, that you have not left us defenseless. Thank you that you have assigned angels to each one of us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have given us in your word all the instructions for today. Give us a sensitivity, Heavenly Father, to be kind to the people around us. Let us forgive quickly. Let us not take offense. Let us walk in love and grace. And most of all, Father, we are calling in your spirit in this season, in this time, in this house to bring salvation and healing to those in the world around us. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.